0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep
1: going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information
0: and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. If you're struggling with drugs, alcohol, gambling or food, or concerned about somebody who is... Tune in to The Living Free Show on 3CR at 1pm every Thursday. I don't know how I got there, but and I couldn't stop it. I had stopped
1: expecting that anybody cared.
0: Never enough. I'm never enough. It's never enough. He's never enough. That was the confusion. Tune in to Living Free, stories of recovery from addictive behaviour, Thursdays at 1pm on 3CR. Or listen at 3CR on digital radio or podcasts and live streaming on 3cr.org.au.
2: Being able to centre myself and be okay in myself and turn my world around.
0: Living Free. Welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio. 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. I'm Anne and with co-hosts Bill and Mitch, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. We'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present and to acknowledge that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. This week I'm joined in the studio by Lois, a member of Overeaters Anonymous. Welcome Lois. Hello, thank you for having me. And welcome to you too Mitch. Hello, good to be back. Uh, Mitch is going to be playing some tunes today uh, from Hopefully a hundred years ago.
2: Yep. Got a 1920s playlist here ready to uh Seriously? Pop. Yep.
0: Fantastic. Uh, because this is a hundred years of radio celebrations today. Uh, but back to Overeaters Anonymous. <laughs> Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive eating. They welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. So uh, Lois is going to tell us all about it. Uh, starting at the very beginning, Lois, where did you grow up?
1: Um, I grew up in a little country town in New Zealand, called which is a beautiful paradise called Akaroa, and moved to the big city of Christchurch, and um, moved over here to Melbourne um, about 27
0: years ago. So Melbourne's home now. Okay. Um, and uh, what was your experience of school like, and your early friendships and early life with your family?
1: Oh, it was... Well, I I thought it was perfect, Um, and it was such a great place. We had so much freedom in our little country town, and you knew everybody and everything. Mm -hmm. And my family, well, I just thought what happened in my family was normal, and we were a very nice family, very good family, and very responsible and um, quite well-to-do and would help people. And my mum was a very good person. She was always on a lot of charitable things and helped out and my father was he was he didn't know how to relate to children, but as we got older he was much better he was quite loving and warm um, for i'm a i'm sixty five so at that time parenting it was pretty normal to smack your kids, scare the bejeebas out of them and um, that was what it was what it was like and I was very very shy unbelievably shy and i had three siblings and they were wild and i was the good quiet compliant one i did all the right things i was did well at school and um and i think all our family we used to get together and eat together and mm-hmm. have fun and i thought that was closeness and it wasn't till i looked back that I realised that we didn't learn to deal with our emotions and um, talk about how you feel. Um, It wasn't until I became a parent that I I always say my daughter, I got my daughter at 29, I adopted her, and I always say she was my catalyst for change because I went to these parenting classes and I thought, oh, yep, I I didn't know how to do parenting except by default, which was the way I was parented, and I didn't want to smack her and I didn't want her to grow up not being able to talk to your mother about anything. And so I went to these classes. And my gosh. And they used to talk about reflecting back your feelings to your child. Well, what are you talking about? Mm. I didn't know what they meant. Because if I said to my mother, I feel scared of something, she'd go off to be silly. No, you don't. Mm. So I had, I learnt to validate what she said. And, it, and they promoted, you know, not smacking your kids because all it did was engage in fear, so, oh, and, I, and at the time, I got a lot of flack from my family, and people that, oh, no, that's not how you raise a child, you need to smack them, and she was a bit wild.
2: So how did you bring that up with your family, the, uh, I'm not going to raise my kids like this, so I going to try and explore different avenues of parenting, how did you kind of bring oh, that up? Oh,
1: it was quite challenging, because, as I said, I'm, I was a, you know, the, I was a different person than I am now, in a lot of ways, and it was, you know, 30 years, you know, it was... I was coming to terms with the fact that my family weren't perfect and I was so grateful for my younger sister, who I was very close to. She'd been an NA a while and she was my rock and she would say, you are doing the right thing. So to have some support from someone in a 12-step programme saying, no, you're doing it right, they are not doing it okay. Because there was a lot of... Because, you know, when you do things differently, people... Even though you're not saying that, they think you're criticizing mm, that's them. True. It's like I'm a vegetarian, and as soon as I say that, people, oh, I don't eat much meat. Yeah, you know, I don't care what you eat. I don't <laughs> care. You can go out now and slaughter a wildebeest. Not my problem.
2: It's not about. It's not about no, you, but you they know.
1: think you're challenging them. That's so, right. And it's the same as parenting. And so I tried, and it was really hard. So, and I was also, um, I I had no idea about. Expressing my feelings and being close to people and talking about those things inside you know if I knew you five years I might you might get an inkling of what was going on inside but I couldn't talk about how I felt mm. to people because you know I'd on the outside I um Everything looked great. I had a great career. I was a trailblazer in my job. I was the, you know, second woman registered in my field in New Zealand. And I was strong. I had owned property. I had a great job. I had, you know, I had a, um, a partner. I had. I got adopted this child. I was successful. I was slim. I was brown. I was fit. Everything looked good, and inside I was dying. I was so. Sad.
0: All oh, right. Now let's. Can we explore that a little bit? What what, what what was that going on there? Do you think?
1: Well, I couldn't be honest with any with myself because because I, I tried so hard, and I always thought when I started my studies, it was you know six and a half years, and I thought when I get this, I will be all right. When I become this, I will be all right. When I buy a property, when I get that, when I get this, it'll be all right. And it wasn't. It was. St- I was still had this hollow this mm. feeling inside me I wasn't okay even though I tried so hard and I I was a I was a good person and you know and I had um, I used to I had quite a lot of boyfriends over the years and um, I look back now and I I, I got a lot of validation from that my eating disorder manifests itself in like body dysmorphia so i don't see myself how i look so i look back at photos and i was gorgeous absolutely Mm. gorgeous but i would you know i loved sewing i'd make my shorts and i'd make them a bit longer so they would cover these big bulging thighs so i didn't even have Mm. (laughs) and i didn't feel that good about my body about being present in the world so um, I smoked. I was a heavy smoker because that helped control my weight. And I compulsively exercised. I'd go to um, aerobics Aerobics band. Just about every night a week, throwing myself around like a maniac. And I gave up smoking when my daughter was two and a half. And I'd given up a lot of times before. But I used to say to people, I used to be a heavy smoker. Now I'm just heavy because <laughs> I put on so much weight. And I couldn't stopped smoking until I accepted that I was going to gain weight and I hated it
2: do you think those goals that you'd set for yourself and you know I'll be all right when I do this that or the other do you think that was kind of a way of distracting yourself from taking accountability for what was really going on Inside, I had or? no
1: idea about accountability, I didn't know, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have mental health awareness, we didn't have, you know, if you wanted to find out something, you had to go to the library, right. nobody talked about it in my family, we didn't, I had, you know, my aunts and there, I looked back and I had a beautiful aunt, but my family would talk about her like she was insane because she'd suffered from depression a mental illness, and a mental illness was the worst thing ever. Mm. To have a mental mm. illness in my family was shame. It's a weakness. Yeah, and you're, you're mental and you're crazy forever. And I was so blessed, I could talk to her about anything. But I had, you know, I'd been brainwashed from my family. So it wasn't until I was older that I got close to her. Mm.
2: Conflicting kind of feelings. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And you don't eat your dirty laundry. You don't talk about family Mm. problems. My family was very dysfunctional, very violent. My father did not drink because his father was a violent alcoholic and he was the youngest. So he was like, no, if you've got a problem with alcohol, you just don't drink. He didn't understand about addiction, but he was... And he didn't drink. He worked hard, but he had a lot of the behaviours that yes. alcoholics had. And it, you know, I can see it coming down. I look at my cousins. It's yep. such a family illness, addiction. There's all sort. You
0: name it, it's somewhere in the family. Mm-hmm. It's hard to um, It's hard to realise now, looking back, just how repressed that era was apart from the dysfunction of alcoholism it was an era where it really was genuine you were not to talk about your feelings no. and, and it's probably related to the the two world wars and the depression and and the grief that people were carrying um and you just had to have a stiff upper lip. It was british too isn't it? it's that kind of anglo yes thing. yes and get, it was get on yeah and it was keep calm and do carry on and it was uh Really deeply entrenched in the culture, and you didn't want to be seen as uh, self pitying or weak or or depressed. Depression was a, a sin more than a, yes, a an um, illness. Um, so sorry, go sorry.
1: On. I'll just uh, the thing about and I realised I'd suffered from I, I, at the time I didn't know, but after I'd been in, uh, coming to away for a while, I heard somebody share and I identified. I thought, oh, my gosh. That's a bit like what I had. So and so, I'd been, I'd had depression, and I didn't know. And I had seen, before I got to IOA I had seen a, a, professional, and they'd sort of run it by me a bit about depression. I was just so shut off. No way, no mm. way. And I, because sh- I had so much shame about it, it's it, it was shameful. So I, it opened me up to be teachable to learn about it. And seek help for it and mm. treatment, and it was really difficult. Mm. The shame about it, because you know, in the end, I had to take some medication, and that all the weight I'd lost made it come back mm-hmm. on. So I had to balance out. I was either thin and depressed, or bigger and not depressed. And it's like, well, you can't, know. can't win. No, I can't. I couldn't win. So it was, ve- and it was very hard in the program to do that too, because people thought, well, you should be thin. And some people have this idea of 12-step programs that you should be able to get all your needs met there, you know. Which is to, not true. It's not true. And, you know, where I started in Christchurch, they were cult mentality, mm-hmm. the 12-step program there. They told me mm. what to eat. They were almost, you know, there's people I know that have had a terrible time with it. And mm. I always say to people, someone's trying to control you, tell you what to do. Don't, yeah, they're off. The, they're not. They, they need
0: to get on the program. Yeah, they're not yeah. well. They're not well. well yeah. It's a loving program.
2: When you went and saw that professional for the first time, you weren't really well versed in depression or what no. that could look like for yourself. What inklings did you have that made you want to seek out that diagnosis in the first place? Did you feel like something was going on and you were just upset?
1: I was. I was. I guess I. I call it my rock bottom. It was quite a few years before I got to our way, but I, my sister was doing well in NA, and she... I, I, It's hard to remember, but I just felt so bad all the time. And I just... It, I was trying my best, and I felt bad. And I just... I was trying to be a good mum. I was trying to do everything. My daughter was very full-on and demanding, and I just...
0: I just felt hopeless. Hopeless. Mm. We might leave that there and have a little break and uh, come back and, and um, cycle back a little bit to talk about how you were using food at that point. Yep. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are. At home, work driving, on public transport, gardening, protesting, or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps.
3: Dreamleaf Weekly Radio. It's the people's voice
0: committed to human and civil rights. Environmental sustainability, democracy
3: and equality. There is one newspaper that is independent of powerful interests and that's Left Weekly. It presents ideas mainstream media won't.
0: It exposes the lies and distortions of the power brokers and helps us to better understand the world around us.
3: It's the leading source of local, national and international news analysis and discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movements. Tune in every Friday morning at 8am on 3CR. If you or someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities as well as their family, friends, and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Huawei's Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Huawei's Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., excluding public holidays. So if you're struggling yourself, or are struggling to help someone else? Please call Wellway's helpline on one three hundred triple one five hundred. That's one three hundred triple one five hundred. Wellway supports three CR.
0: This is a living free show on three CR eight five five kilohertz on your AM radio dial, and three CR on digital radio. Uh, you can also listen to us on the new community radio app, the name of which I have forgotten, but we have got a new app, community radio. Uh, If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact us via phone, email or Twitter. I'm talking today with Lois, a member of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, uh, Just before the break, she was talking about her feelings, uh, her repressed feelings of uh, depression. Um, And now I'd just like to take you back a bit, Lois. Uh, So in, in your... Teenage years and early adulthood, right up until you're 30, say. What was your relationship with food? Oh, a lot of shame with food. I I believe,
1: I've come to believe that I was born with this, perhaps, a genetic predisposition. I think the studies show that you can have that. And in my first family, it really nurtured it. It sort of took it to, you know, you just eat to feelings.
0: to addiction in general cuz I'm thinking of your sister being in NA yeah. too mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah yeah and um it's sort of like you know I was addicted to nicotine I some people can pick up a cigarette and have one you know it's like I you know chocolate biscuits I'm just I can't have one it you know it's just not in my nature. My mother used to say I was happy child, happy, easy going, as long as my tummy was full. Three bottles, one after the other, and she said I would otherwise I would scream blue oh, bloody murder, as a baby. As oh. a baby, and she said as long as my tummy was full, I was happy nothing much has changed. So that's
2: pretty much an indicator of being genetically predisposed yeah. um, to something like that, right? Even yeah, from that young age, needing yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: my elder sister was the opposite. They couldn't get a bottle into it. She mm. ended up in the keratani and she's, you know, you know so it's all different. But we used to, yeah. And I, I sort of, when I got to OA, I sort of thought, well, I'm not, you know, I wasn't anorexic. I wasn't morbidly obese. I didn't throw up. I was... I thought, oh, I don't even know if I belong. And I sort of identified as sort of a garden variety uh, compulsive overeater, which is a bit of a, a misdemeanor, the name, because there's people in the program that undereat, overeat, or, you know, they don't necessarily overeat, but they. That's eat. true. It's just a yeah, dysfunctional it's ju- relationship. Yeah, with food it should isn't it? be. Yeah. So, but I would, I would not eat in front of people if I was mm-hmm. overweight. My weight would go up and down. Um, Every season, oh, it was horrible. It was You know, three and a half stone. It was. I would have size ten to eighteen clothes in my wardrobe, and I th- and I, you know, I loved math, loved a graph. Right, going on a diet, and when you're young, I, you could do it. And I can still remember when I first discovered calories. Oh my god, this was the answer. This was the answer. Holy grail. Yeah, and I, I was out with my father visiting some friends, and the little calorie counting book. I can do this. I lost three and a half stone there and it it was so confronting because people treated me different. You know, this is, I was maybe 18, 19. Even my boyfriend, what an idiot he was. He said, I know you're really happy you've lost all this weight, but I loved you the way you were. And I thought, what an idiot. You should love me more because I'm thin. Mm. And I thought he was crazy. And... um and that sort of started the – I was always dieting, losing weight, and it would always come back. I could never maintain it. I, You know, I was great at losing weight, loved it, but I was always going down or going up. I couldn't maintain it, and that's the difference about OA is I have – I don't have to have – that range of clothes in my wardrobe anymore. The clothes mm. from last season will fit me this mm-hmm. season. And that is – because every season I go into a panic, still a bit, it's like, oh, my God, because, you know, the shame of putting, of putting on your clothes, because I don't see how I look, so I've got no idea. I can't look at myself and go, you know, because I, I could go to the doctor and go, I've put on weight, put on weight, I could s- – Bet them a hundred thousand dollars. I've put on weight, and they'd weigh me, and I've lost two kilos. Right, so I s- can't see
0: misperception. Yeah.
2: How did your approach to uh, losing weight and dieting and getting in shape? What was that like for your own sense of self-identification and your ego? You know, how did that make you feel in your head when you reached your goal size or body?
1: Oh well, on one thing it was good. It was great because, but on the other thing, I still felt like shit because every, it didn't solve all my problems. So it was, it was. Yeah, it was – and I, I couldn't – I look back, I can't believe that I didn't click. I didn't – I even – I had no idea I had any issues with food or body dysmorphia or the way I saw myself in my 20s. Had no idea. If somebody had said you've got uh, – a friend of mine said to me one day, she goes, I don't know why you eat chocolate. You always get a headache. Why do you eat it? And I'm like, what? She might as well suggested
0: I stop breathing. But you didn't know that about yourself? No, oh.
1: I ate a chocolate, I, I would inhale it. I could swear myself off it for, you know, times and just have it at special occasions, but I always had it. And I, I don't eat it now. I haven't eaten it for years, and, for, and I don't miss it. And that's the difference. I don't care. It's not like i am got my nails going, oh, God, yeah. stay away <laughs> from that. It's like it doesn't call to me because that addiction with food is once you have it, it triggers that. Right, you know that cycle. One is not enough, and a thousand. No, sorry, one is too many, and a thousand is not enough. I could never
0: get enough of that food. And so, is it sugar? Was it what was it? it, What were you addicted to? Do you think? Is it specific? Well,
1: yeah, um, some chocolate, and you know, I'm a good kiwi girl, so whipped cream and. (laughs) uh, you know, cakes and biscuits. That yeah, you know, I couldn't understand why would people bother with savoury stuff. Like at Christmas Day for me, typical for years, I wouldn't eat anything except trifle. Because for breakfast, lunch and dinner right. I wondered why I felt sick.
0: But it hit the spot. That's what you yeah, were craving. Yeah, yeah, that was the food. So your your um so called qualification for OA is that you're you've had this obsession with your body weight? Your size and your shape. Um you had you would binge eat by the sounds of it a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah, and, and eat, yeah. yeah, and in secret
1: yeah, and under Like I fasted once for a week. Right. Yeah. And but I did I wasn't never considered myself a, a you know, a anorexic or starver or anything. Yeah. Yet. Yet. But yeah, you know, I know right. if I <laughs> went back to it I'd I'd pick up laxatives, I think. I never look yeah. I never took laxatives, but I took these herbal Things yeah, yeah. that guaranteed you could lose weight. Yeah. So I took them at their word. Yeah. Took them, ate what I wanted, and put on weight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it's uh, getting back to that that time. I remember back in that time, I'm a similar age, and and all the obsession with uh, you know beautiful girls running along the beach. There was no sense of there was no idea of sexism or body shaming, or it was all just complete uh, ma- the male gaze, wasn't it back then? Yeah, and the
1: but I'm also grateful now. The young woman now. I mean, when I was young, we just had to be thin. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to be fit. Yeah, so you've got to be toned and fit and do. We didn't. Well, it was just thin. Thin was our thing. did right. You didn't, didn't matter. You didn't have to be. You could be. What, what's the term they call it? Fat thin. So you're thin on the outside, but you could be as unhealthy as anything on right. the outs, inside. Yeah. Didn't matter. Just as long as you were thin. Yeah. Now you've got yep. to. You got to do all the right things.
0: Okay. Um, exactly so what about um uh getting to oa then can you tell us the story you've told us already you were feeling depressed and uh and you had a young child so that 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 often brings up things doesn't it when you have a child yeah. um tell us how you got from that first therapy you had therapy I, and I then went you went to, to oa yeah
1: i went to another 12 step program before um but i was in a relationship with a um, alcoholic and I realised that most of my ex-partners had been um, alcoholic so I went to another program called Al-Anon and I, for a while and I heard somebody there talking about the food that belonged to OA as well and Al-Anon was great but it, look at that meeting I used to go to there was it was not the best, there was a, a woman that used to <laughs> Sit there in a big chair, running it, and comment on everything everybody oh, yes, said, and give yeah. advice. And I'm like, oh, No, this is not what I thought twelve steps about. No. But I, but I had my sister, and she was she was encouraging, and she guided me, and she, and she guided me to OA. And I'd, I I tell you what, when I first got there, I I just I really didn't like it. I did not, I like, saw those 12 steps and traditions on the walls and I'm a strong woman, you know, for feminist ideas and I, you know, this male god that, that that he and it was written in the old language and I was like, I worship no man. You know, <laughs> that was my, and it was like my sister was, who was even more, she's a strong feminist lesbian, she was like, just take what you want and leave the rest and I thought, well, if she could, get past that she can
0: stomach it (laughs) yeah
1: and um so i kept going and i oh it was awful those steps you know i'm like not doing that not doing that and
0: you're listening to a 3cr podcast 3cr is an independent community radio station
1: based in melbourne australia we need your financial support to keep going go
0: to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast.
1: So I just focused on the, some of the, the tools, the simple things, and things like just, just for today. Like, that was so novel to me, to be... I mean, now everybody talks about mindfulness and being in the present, but back then, there was none of that. It was like I never was in the moment. I was either living in the past, going over a conversation I had a long time ago, shaming myself about it, or in the future, right, on Friday, I'm going to wear my good clothes, I'm going out, I'm going to have the best time of my life. And I was in the future or the past, and it was... I've learnt now that's you know happiness is
0: here Mm. now. I love that one day at a time. Yeah,
1: and you know when I went to events, it was about the food. It wasn't about the people. Mm. Like I've been to weddings, I can remember eating twelve chocolate eclairs at a wedding once. I don't know remember whose wedding it was. Isn't that sad? But now, when I'm at something, or if I'm with someone at a cafe, or that I'm present, I'm mm-hmm. talking to them, listening to them. I'm not thinking, okay, when are they going so I can eat something else, or how am I going to get that, and how am I going to eat this without looking like a pig? Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: and that's what I mean. We all, we I think it's a human thing to be, be either in the past or the the uh, future. But I think addiction really robs you of the present because you have to be constant. Well, there's the shame of what you've just done or, or eaten or yes injected or whatever it is um and then there's the the where am I going to get the next one yeah. so it really yeah. robs you of life in the yes present.
1: it does and I, I there was only three times I was lucky there were three situations where I used to be in the present moment before I learnt this get things in our way and that was I was laughing I go when I was sewing playing softball or having sex. So I was pretty lucky. I did have <laughs> breaks from my head. And um, I in studying too because I love to study and, and that would keep me in the present.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and what other tools other than um, living in just in one day?
1: Oh, well, that's you know one of the slogans. The tools are oh, yeah, and I just bring it back to those because you know they talk, they've got the the, the all the twelve step programs are based on the AA Big Book, and I honestly I couldn't even read it for about three years. People used to say, "Oh, I'll read the Big Book." I'm like, I'm not. I'd pick it up and start reading it. I was like, "Yuck!" <laughs> it was just all these stories about these drunken old. Oh, not old men, and they talk about the little housewife,
0: but it was written you know it was nineteen thirty it was not a book for a feminist no <laughs> and i could I
1: could not see past that mm-hmm. where now I can read it and see it and 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 explain to the new people because I know many people that say I just looked at read heard that and ran because it's like no nah, it's a it's crazy. So, so I'm what really you, what glad. would you
0: say to someone then who who said, oh, I'm not reading that book?
1: Don't read it. Somebody, uh-huh. Same
0: as somebody said to me, pick up the OA stuff that's related to
1: food. Uh-huh. Read that. When yeah. we've got, you know, when I first came, there was one daily reader. You know, they've got a lot more literature. The 12 and 12 Overeaters Anonymous book is great. It goes through the steps and explains it, how it relates to food. Because people sort of get it with drugs and alcohol. They go, oh, you put down drugs. You know... Your drug, you stop it. But food, you've got to eat. How do you? Do, and it's it's quite hard to 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 think about how you do that. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's devout, You don't have to get it perfect. And that's the thing with such perfectionist addicts. Yes. So like if you can't do it right, don't do it. Yeah. We're black or white, right yeah. or wrong, this or that, and on or off. And that's the best thing about the program is is learning to it's. To be gentle and loving and kind to myself, and it's okay
0: just for today,
1: just for today, everything's fine right here, right now. I don't have a worry in the world no. because I'm sitting here, I'm talking to the, uh, you know somebody really interesting, young man's been they've been funny, engaging, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> present, I'm not worrying about anything, yeah. And that's 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 fantastic place to be. That's
0: recovery, isn't it? Yeah, it
1: yeah. is. It's like Sitting in my garden, lying in my hammock, looking up at the bees, going, "Wow, <laughs> these are amazing!" And yeah. you know, it's those old-fashioned things like "stop and smell the roses." Yeah. Well, it's true, yeah. yeah. And it's corny. It's really corny, but I've got, I get so much peace in my life. Is
0: yeah, peace. Mm. And uh, what what about what would you say to someone who said um, I can't stay in this program because I can't bear that God God thing on the wall?
1: Okay, well I I um, two two things I go. Um, okay, you can borrow my higher power. I don't have a God. <laughs> I was just saying before I like God. It's an ac- it acronym. No, dot, yeah. reverse dot for dog. Oh, yeah. And yeah, um, you know, there's a good orderly disorder direction. There's all sorts of things for God, G-O-D-D-E.
0: Gift of but, desperation. Yeah,
1: and it's something, it's it's a, it's a spiritual program. It's not religious. So it can be whatever. And what I say to people is, okay, you've tried to manage your food up to now. They go, yep, what have you tried? There, tell me what they've tried. Okay, you've tried really hard? Yep. Okay, so what you've done to now are you happy with the results? And they usually, no. Because, you know, most people that come to a 12-step program are not sort of happy with their life. Something's up. So they, they want to make it better. And I say, okay, well, just give it a go. Give it a go. Don't, you don't, no one's going to force you to do anything you're not ready to. And I remember, you know, at the start, somebody said, well, what are you eating? They said, oh, they'd grazed. Grazing, grazed all day. I was a grazer. You just eat from the time you're awake till you're asleep. Almost you don't. People say, "Oh, you don't have big meals." No, of course I don't. You know, my mother used to say I had big bones. <laughs> I think she thought I think I had di- she thought I had dinosaur bones. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 mean, nobody's big. bones are that big. <laughs> but it's like you know the way that I started a, a new eating style when i came into oa is quite different than what now than when i first started but it it's usually people as long as a bit better it's putting some boundaries around it so you're not thinking about food all the time thinking about how you're going to get it how you're going to keep the weight off how you're going to not let anyone see it or blah 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 it's sort of it's just putting some boundaries and if if you you know some people they're New eating guidelines are just eat between, you know, eight and nine, one and two, or in snacks in between, and five and six. Having a boundary instead of all day or um, a plate, it doesn't have to be perfectly nutritionally balanced. Because, I mean, I used to, oh, I would eat perfectly for ages mm-hmm. sometimes, but mm-hmm. I'd always bust because it was... Because
0: it's un- perfection, yeah. unattainable, really. Yeah. Mm. But, so that's an interesting idea. So the boundary idea is, well, you will be able to think about food or eat food, but not at the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. And it gives you, to, it, it sort of gives you some space to have a life in between. Because yes. program, a twelve step program is to give you a life, so not to isolate you from the world, so you're different and all that. And mm. and, and, and yeah,
0: yeah. We'll have a little break again, uh, Lois, and then we'll be right back. Okay.
2: Tune in to Rainbows Don't Fade With Age on Radio 3CR fortnightly on Mondays at 2pm.
0: Rainbows Don't Fade With Age, Melbourne's only show dedicated to all things LGBTI, ageing and age care.
1: With stories and information to empower and inspire action for all those interested in the health, well-being and visibility
2: of older LGBTI people.
3: I'm Alphonse. I'm Erwin. And we, we are, are from, from the Voice of West Papua. Papua. Tuesday 6 until 7 30 pm. News and music from West Papua.
0: Living Free Show on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming and we are talking with Lois about recovery from compulsive eating. So Lois, uh, you talked about putting a boundary around the the food and uh, you talked about living just in one day, Yeah. talked about reading the big book. Uh, what other things do you do in your daily life to practice the program and stay uh free okay. okay
1: i have um spon- sponsors a sponsors and a, sp- a sponsor um and there's you know different ways to sponsor but i i really i talk to somebody every day and that's fantastic that is a real gift um when i first came in i got a sponsor who was not terribly well, because they say find somebody who's got what you want and ask them how they do it and be your sponsor. So I picked the best looking woman in the room, <laughs> <with> the, best <laughs> figure, with no. the best figure with the best figure, because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be gorgeous, and um, but she was. She told me what to eat. Oh, I was disgusting. I oh, was insane, very controlling, and I, but I I was desperate. I just thought, oh, I'll give it a go, and. Um, I like to ring her at 6 o'clock every morning, and it was, re- oh, it was just nightmare. I look back now, and I think she wasn't very well. It was a very mm. controlling way to work a program. But um, now, I oh, just being able to be 100% honest with someone about anything that's going on in your life is amazing. I could ring up my sponsor and tell her, look, I've just been over to Smith Street where we are now, and I... Oh, I got a bit annoyed so I went and robbed a bank. Mm-hmm. And I would <laughs> ring her up and tell her that. Mm-hmm. And
2: she wouldn't tone you in or, you know. <laughs> well, where she you are
1: no, or... she you know, no, she she would help me work out the next thing to do if I wanted mm-hmm. to you know. And it's you
0: wanted to make amends. <laughs> yeah, she do,
1: she doesn't she doesn't tell me what to do, she doesn't judge me. And that's a gift that I can give to other people too sponsors i've got amazing sponsors and you know you don't have to like some people say oh i've got the sponsor i don't like or a sponsor i go, oh well, i wouldn't i never have a sponsor i don't want to i couldn't do it i'm not that selfless and mm. i'd just i'd get too irritated and tell them to piss off
3: <laughs> oh, shut up and so i don't need
1: to do that i you know talk about my style of sponsorship and um what I'm available for, and I can't have someone ring me up going, ah, me, me, not you know, whinging about everything. I'm. That's not to say I can't listen to people's problems, but my sponsee at the moment, she's just amazing. She's she's so clever and talented and bright, and she works the program. She tries so hard, and she just is amazing. And she's, she she gets it imperfect but she talks about it and sometimes she'll ask me, she often says "So, what should I do? and I go, oh well I know what you should do and she goes, oh what what? she'd come over and do my housework uh.
0: <laughs>
1: because I'm not there to tell her what to do I'm not her god I'm not her high power or I'm not her, you know and she goes, "No, I knew you were going to say that <laughs> and she'll figure it out for herself
2: and what's the impact of not feeling judged? how does that kind of liberate you? Or,
1: uh... oh it's just it's wonderful like what people think of me is none of my business I love that I love that it's like it's and it's its like people pleasing I can say no to people like and my friends I say you know if I offer to do something it's because I want to it's not because I think I should you know if I say oh I'll help you alter these pants or something or come and do this radio show it's not because I feel obligated it's because oh yeah I want to because if I do something not from a genuine motivation, I'll get resentful. I'll, oh, well, they, you know, because that's how my family operate. They shouldn't have asked. Should, you know, you go, well, why are you resentful about doing something? Well, they asked me to do it. Why don't you say no? And, you know, recovery's taught me to say no. Mm. And I don't have to give a reason. I
0: can no. just say no. no. No is a full
1: sentence. Yes. And it's like, no. and some people don't like it they don't like it when you change it was quite difficult in my first family but they got used to it and and it was everything got better I I just have to clarify that that my daughter was I think she was about when I got to OA she was maybe eight and I'd been coming a couple of months and she said to me mum you're a much better mum since (laughs) you've been going to OA and it's like whoa you are and She'd say to me, she used to come to meetings with me because I was a single mother and I didn't need, you know, couldn't get a ba- didn't need to get a babysitter. She'd say, Mum, I think you need to ring one of your friends <laughs> I think you need to go to a meeting." And I'm a much better person. I'm a, I was, I'm a better citizen. i was the a better sister, daughter, mother, friend, community member, employee than I ever was. And in every way, better.
0: now that that's part that's partly because you're available and you're not obsessed with with food. Yes. What else has, has the program given you that's actually not food related? That's caught that's led to you being that new person. I guess faith
1: that things will work out because they always have. I used to laugh at when I first got into program. I'd say I get everything I need delivered. And people, go, what do you mean? I go, oh, I remember one time I was getting a bit stressed about money and I was like mm, mm, and then all of a sudden this money fell into my bank account mm-hmm. and it was some parenting contribution benefit that they had here in Australia I was like oh my gosh this is amazing and I was I needed a desk to work from home you know and I was like oh I went to the shop and I was I hadn't had my lunch I was hot and agitated and I was like looking at desks I was like oh I was getting agitated I thought no just go home this is a Saturday just go home went home, it'll work out. Next morning, walked out on the balcony, looked down. Desk on the there's nature stri- a desk on the nature strip. <laughs> no way. And this is not And when I came to Australia, you know, I, I applied for some jobs and i got them when I first got here. But I'd give myself three months for a whole you know, to have off before I got a job. And you know, somebody offered me a job. I went, No, I, I, I really do need to I thought I'd oh, no I'll be able to get a job then so I didn't really I, I was getting nervous so so I had three months off. It was beautiful summer, I hung out with my sister, and then about three months to the day she said to me, I think you're going to get a job, isn't it, three months? She goes, yeah. I said, I suppose it's about time I got a job. The next minute the phone rang. and it was the guy that offered me the job three months earlier. He said, oh, the guy I took on didn't work out. Are you still interested in a job?
2: Yep. I think so.
1: Yeah, and I need a place to live. You know, I'm moving out and walking over me somebody goes oh I'm going away overseas do you want a house sit you know I got everything I needed and that just from little things to it's just faith that it'll be all right Mm. everything will be all right it's like there's a you know I, I can't base my life on what's happening right here right now if it's bad Hmm. you know it's big picture Hmm. stuff
2: i often hear people say as well you know what's the alternative thinking that things aren't going to work out you know what's what's that benefit to you there pretty much is none so yeah
1: yeah yeah or you can try and fix it make it happen you Hmm. know they say oh you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink and i'd go with a high powered hose (laughs) you can i used to try so hard so hard to make everything work out before i got into 12 step now it's like now it's like hands off
0: and i I think that the harder you try the more specific your uh what what working out means to you and then you're more likely to be disappointed and think that everything's Mm -hmm. bad but if you're happy with a desk off the nature strip then that's fine so you you were open to that and there it was it might not be the exact desk that you would buy in office works but it Be, was, but better. Yeah, oh, it was better. It
1: was probably better. It was better quality. <laughs> there you go. And, th- yeah. and that's it. My brain limits myself. That's right. How it works that's out. That's right. And if I have faith that things are going to work out, they work out better. It's like I could never have imagined that 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 would work out like yeah. that. It's like oh wow, you know, it's yeah. you know, just recently I went met my bonus mum. I, I call it at Cairns for a holiday. And it was a big rigmarole getting the hire car. They wouldn't, I forgot my licence, and they wouldn't put in my name. And it was a big hassle. So I had to wait for her to fly, and then I put in her name, blah, blah, blah. Well, ended up, I ended up with COVID a couple of days later. I was too sick to drive. and oh, she lucky said, you didn't. <laughs> she, at the end of the week, she said, you know, she said, God, that was a bit of a blessing, really. Because if... She could she got didn't get it for a day or two, so she could go out and get food and stock us up. And I thought, well, yeah, it is. So it's the way you look at things too. You're in, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, you miss the light. Well, you don't know. This car could have come careering yeah. through. You don't know. Sometimes you don't know yeah. what you miss so it's out. So
0: it's acceptance and and being open yeah. to I, whatever. Yeah, happens. and I'm look. Yeah. I'm not
1: perfect at that, but yeah, um, and. I'm also learnt that just because other people act inappropriately or badly towards me or treat me badly, I don't have to do it back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just because you know mm-hmm. you're an employer or whatever, you know, yeah. I don't have to.
2: And yeah. uh, the process of you know, the process of finding that faith that things are going to be okay. We were speaking a little bit before the show about um, religion and you being religious and that kind of thing. What was that process of finding faith, your own kind of faith and things that things were going to be okay? Was that a difficult process or?
1: I I think it's just, it was evidence-based. I I wasn't raised religious or anything. And, you know, the 12-step programs are so not religious that it's a spirituality. And I look at, you know, all the religions of the world and that. And I go, yeah, if you look at the basics of a lot of them, it's, you know, people that muck it up that say you can't do it's all the the man
0: particularly to
1: control people but the real spiritual basis of it is unbelievable I mean you know they've got evidence based stuff about meditation now like you know when I was you know 25, 30 only weirdos meditated and did mindfulness, you know now it's I think they teach it in
0: school, yeah, I mean yeah. that would
1: have been you know if the school had started doing that, they would have probably closed them down back then, mm. called them,
0: Cult. Crazy. Cult, yeah well, <laughs> so
1: it's everything evolves and changes, so you know in in the program they there's a lot of things that uh covered you know, like um mindfulness and that, but you know sometimes we have different words for them and um, you know, their service, which is something
3: mm.
1: program encourages. And a lot of people, particularly in OA, um, it's the biggest difference I've noticed between AA and NA and OA people, that's now people that have got alcohol, drug things, is they go through and they create a whole lot of chaos. You know, they're riding off cars, they're debt, they're stealing doing this. OA people most of the damage they do, not all of it, but they do is internal. It is that they damage themselves. We're not going around creating havoc on the outside.
0: It's what we do and ourselves. What we did. We make it did because I don't want the audience to think that AA members and NA members are going around creating havoc now. No, did. Sorry, <laughs> I did. Sorry, beg your pardon. But in before, the past, yeah, yeah,
1: when they talk about, you know, making am- am- yes, amends. they've got a lot it's, of amends to make. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the amends in... Twelve Step Program is to yourself is is treating yourself well by eating yep. good food, eating appropriately, having healthy, not over exercising or under ex- just doing a little bit because if you weren't, you know. Exercising seven days a week to me, it was. What's the point if you weren't mm. running crazily or doing something? What's the point? Yeah. All or nothing. Yeah. You know. All or nothing, on or off. Yeah. No middle. No balance. And that's the thing about addicts. And you know, people with, I, I guess I struggled with that addict word. There's a lot of things at the start. I couldn't. I couldn't see. I, but it, it's like you learn. It's like you, you know, when you learn English, your language or whatever. You don't start off. At university level, you start slowly. You build on what you know, and they're all maths, I should say. Then you build on the next thing, and it's the same as concepts and recovery. And yeah, there's. I, I've met some amazing, wonderful people in the rooms, mm. and there's some people in the rooms that annoy the shit out of me. Mm. And I could, oh god, I used to be so, oh, drive me crazy. But there's, then I heard this woman. I met, never forget her. She said something, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to switch off because she was so weird, <laughs> weird, which was different, I suppose, different to me." And she said something, and it spoke right to my heart. I was like, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. love she she, you've got something to learn mm-hmm. from everybody," mm-hmm. and I did. And she, bless her, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Now she died from this eating disorder,
0: but she not before she gave me something. Mm-hmm. So yeah just uh we've only got uh two or three minutes left before the next uh show ballon has to come in um the word controls really st- stood out to me today speaking to you lois and um it, i think that's the big thing in alan which is the, the fellowship that i'm in um it's that, and it's a bit of an internal thing again. It's not smashing up cars, but it's it's trying to control yes. other people or control yourself. And and I've just been struck today by all the different ways that's come up and the damage that it does. Mm. You know, the, the sponsor the sponsor who tries to control, does yes. damage the religion that loses yes. its its real focus and tries to control people, yep, um, and even uh, trying to control yourself and the, and missing out on life because you're too busy preoccupied with trying to control exactly. yourself. Exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah. And I can't I tried to control everything. My weight, yeah, my you know, and I couldn't. Yeah. And I couldn't. And so it's, it's not all not, about it's not, letting go. Yeah. No. And doing the footwork. I've just got to always bring it back. Put my I love that saying, put your head where your hands are. That's where my head belongs. Where's your hands? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just, you know, doing the dishes. How boring. <laughs> yeah. I wanna be
2: I guess balance you know, as well, balance, that kind of yeah. comes into comes yeah. into it. Yeah, as well, it's a yeah. dirty yeah. word. Isn't it?
1: To to people in 12-step programs. Mm. Balance? Balance. Well, Uh when you come in, it's balance. What do you mean? Yeah, I've never heard of that. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) How does that look? A medium-sized apple.
2: (laughs) Yin and yang, you know, what a concept.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, All right, just before we go, uh, a message to anyone out there that's uh, struggling, And I'm, I'm going to read out some things that they might be doing. Uh, diuretic abuse, sort of abuse, excessive exercise, inducing vomiting after eating, chewing and spitting out food, use of diet pills and medical interventions to control weight, inability to stop eating certain foods after taking the first bite, fantasies about foods, um, constant preoccupation with food and using food as a reward or comfort. What would you like to say to them? Anyone who's struggling, oh, and also with that?
1: people that just look at their bodies and aren't happy. True, that's the, body, the body thing because that's all. To- that's that's the- really big, and you know it's got even work, you know with the the treatments, the body yet yeah, to be young, to be yeah. ageless, and the the beauty treatments and all that. It's so harsh, so harsh. For young women, all women and men, you know, it's ev- or anybody, yeah. sorry people, I shouldn't just, I know there's more genders than that. Um, I just, anything, we have a huge spectrum of people at our programme and I would just say you're not alone and there is help. And it's scary. It's so hard. It's really a hard thing to do. But it is deadly. This disease oh, is yeah. not as aggressive as some of the others, you know. But the hospitals are full of people with um, health issues because of their weight or their eating patterns. Or, you know, if it, if it was that easy to do, we would do it. Mm, that's mm. right. Yep. Do the right thing. Eat good food but mm. it's our society's got it all wrapped up and everything and the industries out there they are aim, you know the advertising is to make you feel shit about yourself yeah. so you'll buy the food or the product that'll or make clothes you, or, the mm. clothes and, and you know it's there's nothing wrong with you yeah. or your body
0: mm-hmm. alright thank you so much for coming in today Lois that was a really enjoyable conversation thank you for having me uh, and thank you, Midge.
2: No, thank you for having thank
0: me. <laughs> Um, if you're having difficulty with compulsive eating, you may like to contact Overeaters Anonymous. You can find them at oa.org.au. All meetings welcome newcomers, and the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. There are meetings listed on the website at oa.org.au forward slash meetings. Coming up next, we have Ballon the Spirit of Wah, hosted by Uncle Tao Jim Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And to take us out, we've got a song called Like a Roll of Thunder by Liz Stringer. To my life, just
3: like a roll of thunder. You waved at me, your picket fence, your car, your silver spoon.
0: How I want to be